Hi there, everybody. This is Patrick Duffy, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Well, I mean, after all, there's several offices I got to feed, and I got just enough to give them, 13 apiece. You the take what? what? 13 apiece. 13 apiece? Yeah, if you take... Seven offices? Yeah. Each gets 13. Hmm. You only got 28. That's right. I got 28 dollars and... 713, I gotta give it to him. Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Greg Airbar is with us as we welcome back our friend Nick Santa Maria. Nick Santa Maria, actor, singer, playwright, comedian, comedy historian, teacher, and now author. Nick has just collaborated with Matthew Conium on a scene-by-scene, film-by-film guide to the films of Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Abbott and Costello, of course, the most popular comedians of the 1940s, leaving their mark on movies, radio, and later television, while their burlesque-inspired routines such as Who's on First, $300 Pay, and 7 times 13 equals 28 still hold up today. And yet, though Abbott and Costello have stood the test of time, some critics, many historians, and even some comedians consider Abbott and Costello a notch below other comedy teams. Nick and Matthew beg to differ, the end result is their book, The Edited Abbott and Costello, an excellent book that includes a foreword by none other than John Landis. We'll tell you where to find the annotated Abbott and Costello in just a second. Nick, send Maria, walk back to our program. Thank you, Ed. It's great to be back. And thank you for all the nice words. Well, they're, they're well-earned words. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> just one question. Did you read the book? I did. I did, and 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 uh, um, I learned a few things about Nick that I hadn't learned before. One of which is, like a lot of us, you grew up watching Abbott and Costello on TV on the weekends. Uh, you were inspired to become a comedian because of Abbott and Costello, and then, as we've talked about before, Biffle and Schuster, the faux comedy team that you created with Will Ryan, is is very much rooted in the style and humor of Abbott and Costello was the annotated Abbott and Costello, your book with Matthew Conium was, was, was the annotated Abbott and Costello, the, the next logical progression in your love of Abbott and Costello. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned that. Yes. When I was, I remember clearly I came home from a, a, a it was a um, revival screening of, the not very old at the time West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, a neighbor had taken me and my best friend to see, her, it was his mother, taken to see West Side Story. We came home that night. She dropped me off at home. I remember walking in through the garage door entrance, which led into our den, which had the television, and there were Abbott and Costello already on. And I stopped and I looked and I fell in love right there it was like you could have heard lightning crash you could have heard uh you know a beautiful chord of music but i saw especially lou costello and i knew what i was going to be for the rest of my life isn't that interesting well that that that's a gift you know to to Mm -hmm. discover that at an early age it's just a matter of you know doing what it took to 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 make it and you've done that and and then some and as nick himself once said he has performed in every form of show business except ballet <laughs> it's actually it's absolutely true <laughs> although and when i when somebody says to me well what about opera i actually worked the glimmer glass opera festival in upstate new york in 2011 in fact it's where i wrote uh my musical real man because i was there all summer mm-hmm. and it was wonderful but yeah i did i, I was in an opera festival i i 
circus. Uh, I was offered a job when I was 19 years old. I auditioned for Ringling Brothers as a clown, and it was it was ridiculous. It was crazy. I was on the news and everything, but this was all because of Abbott and Costello. This was because when they threw a scenario at me to perform for them, I could do it like that. Everyone else had to go to a corner and talk to a partner and blah, blah, blah. Boom, what do you want? It's all there. It's all Why are they... Why are they looked down on? It's all there. Well, it's it's all there in the annotated Abbott and Costello. Everything you want to know about the 38 film starring Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Um, it, it is not only a film by film, scene by scene breakdown, but this being, this is what I love about this book. One of the main things I love about this book, Nick, this being the day and age of, of digital media, you, you and Matthew include the time code both for uh, mm -hmm. both both for PAL and NTSC, depending on what you know uh, uh, your your media player is. Uh, so so <laughs> well, Matthew is in England. Yes, so. that's right. Matthew is in England, and so I've said this before. The beauty of talking to someone like you who writes a history, a film history, is that th this being the day and age of of digital media, one could stop, and I've done this. You could pick up your phone. And you can go to the scene itself and watch the scene you're talking about in the book. And you make that even easier for us because you've got the times where this routine or that routine or this funny thing happens in the movie. So it's very easy to fast forward if you're doing it on YouTube or if you're watching it streaming. The annotated Abbott and Costello available wherever books are sold from our friends at McFarland and company McFarlandPub.com as well as... Abba, uh, I was going to say, I almost said Abbotson.com. That would have been new. It, it's it's Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Amazon Abbotson. 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 Good. Uh, yeah, all things Abbott. All, you know? all things Abbott. And, and, it's, and uh, <laughs> that's where I bought my mustache. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of fedoras, you know. Yeah. There's a book on how to slap, you know, stuff like that. Yes, very, very much so. I want to ask you about. Uh, but in particular, just saying, but first, Greg, I imagine like Nick, like myself, like pretty much anyone listening, you, Abbott and Costello was, was part of your Saturday or Sunday uh, television watching routine at some point. Absolutely was. It was every, usually it was Sunday, sometimes it was Saturday afternoon. And, mm -hmm. and, they, and the stations uh, would run one a week. That was the beauty is there's, there's, according to the cover of this book, there's 38 of them, not every single one. Uh, was universal. Um, some of them were MGM, so it depended on the package. But you got a lot of Abbott and Costello. It was like it was like having a TV series, and then they'd run them again and again. And so, reading a book like this for someone who knows the films or has seen them recently or just has memorized them, like so many of us, you can go right through it and just read it. You don't necessarily have no 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 f other purchases required. Um, but if you have access and there's some there, uh, everything in here is, is pretty much accessible. Um, I, I was doing this. Uh, I wanted, I just love a book like this because I love, uh, commentaries and I love to savor details and especially on something that I, that I just enjoy watching. And so because the, the movies have recently been made accessible through the new Blu-ray, which we reviewed on TV Confidential, um, the set, the Universal set, and then several other on DVD. 
there's also you mentioned mail call in there and you mentioned the short with uh the one about easter seals um oh yeah with charles lawton charles lawton and, and there are yeah. there are several shorts that are mentioned that are very easy to find online so if you say, oh, I don't know what that is, all you have to do is search for it. And most of the time you'll find the, sh the, the obscure shorts, too. So you can really get to know these things the way you never did before and get and, and it's especially important. And this is what this is what Ed and I have talked about, is that despite the fact that we're we're ultra electronic now and we have ebooks and and all, and I, I enjoy ebooks and everything seems to be videos and all of that the printed word still seems to hold if you go on wikipedia the facts on there are still from print you know you do you have to you look carefully at their rules and it's like this can't come from somebody's blog this can't come from so if something is in a printed form for better or worse it still carries gravitas so putting this into print is important for future generations to go back and regardless of what current marketing says young people love these movies and you show them tell us about that nick <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting craig that's a, that's so funny because I, I there were some things i definitely wanted to bring up as far as the popularity of the films or the lack of popularity of the films i don't want to be a downer but a couple of things have come to i don't life. think you Just can be a downer oh ed you're 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 the best. Anyway, <laughs> I, <laughs> thank you. So anyway, the movies, I'm learning these things since the book came out. A couple of really eye-opening things. Number one, most Abbott and Costello fans, and I'm saying most, and I venture to say 80% of them, prefer their filmed TV show to the movies, which is something that just freaks me out. I mean, the, the show is good. It's fun. You know, it's got an annoying laugh track. Uh, but it basically boils down to um, the, re the same reason the Three Stooges are the only really remembered uh, comedy team from the Golden Age, because their things are short, mm -hmm. they're in and out, you know, they're violent, they're fast, they're funny. Boom. Perfect for the MTV. People brought up on MTV editing and all that stuff and people with, you know, uh, attention spans of a gnat. So. Of course, the TV show is more popular. There's no lovers. There's no songs from the old days, you know, that they have to sit through. The problem is when I'm talking to people about the book and about this in particular, I love the songs. I love the actors who play the lovers. I love everything about the films. It's what makes the films. So I don't get that at all. The show is fun. You know, I prefer the Colgate Comedy Hour. Some people got angry about that. What do you mean you like the Colgate instead of the filmed television show? I'm sorry. It's a better representation of who they really were. Because they, they it were was it was a live audience. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. which, which goes back to their roots as burlesque comics. You know, they, they, yes. they, were, they, they were ultimately stage performers at the very beginning. And, and, then as you, and, and as you point out in the annotated Abbott and Costello, Nick, even the second season of the television show, it begins with, you know, uh, Bud and Lou come out in front of the curtain and they're in front of a live audience of sorts. And so 
Yes, of sorts. Nick, 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 Nick did um, uh, air quotes, which you cannot see, yeah. <laughs> which, which you cannot see this being an audio only podcast. But, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best Ben Scully to to, to describe <laughs> that. You, but as, at least there's an element of, of the live audience, which was Bud and Lou at their strength. Right. Well, you're, you're right. It's kind of like what Jack Benny did with his show. He would pretend sometimes to stand in front of an audience, in front of a curtain. But with Abbott and Costello, I've been told that the shows were shown to audiences and they recorded the laughs and placed those onto the actual shows. Um, it could be true. I don't have absolute truth uh, proof, but uh, it could be true to me. Uh, sometimes the uh, laugh track sh uh, shows up at weird times. Uh, sometimes it cuts off important dialogue uh, that you need to understand the bit that they're doing. Uh, I just think it's, you know, it's a little, it, it's fun. It's fun. Like the Stooges are fun, but I wouldn't place the Stooges up with uh, Chaplin or Keaton or Fields or Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello. The other really, really crazy thing, and I don't want to take over here, Ed, if you had another question. This, you no, this throw. is the next Santa Maria hour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You've been warned, folks. Brought, brought to you by the annotated Abbott and Costello, now available, <laughs> McFarlandPub.com, as well as Amazon.com. Thank you. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Well, this is going to be this is going to be the toughest one to talk about. I'm going to be doing the Columbus Moving Picture Show at the end of the month, and I'm going to be interviewed, and I know this is going to come up, and it's not a popular opinion. But there is a weird, strange I guess you might say retro opinion about the team. So many people nowadays find Bud funnier than Lou. Really? Now, I'm not sure if you guys feel the same way, whatever, but to me, that's almost uh, beyond absurd. It, it just is. It's, it's that, again, it's that thinking, like, like I say, the three stooges are the greatest of all, you know, because it's short and they slap each other. Uh, it, it's easy to say uh, in, in this day and age uh, where things are kind of snarky and, and twisted, uh, they love Bud's abuse. They love when Bud abuses Lou. They love yeah. it. It's hilarious. And they don't find Lou funny. They find Lou annoying. These Which are, to me is like what? These are these, the most... these are young people, or these are these are these, people... are these are film historians. These are authors. These are fans. Uh, I mean, it's it's. I've been bombarded by it, and I just don't get it, and I don't agree with it at all. Well, so that it, was the main thing. Well, it's interesting you 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 should say that because one of the things you talk about in the book was, as a kid, you naturally were drawn to Lou as a lot of us were because he was short in stature. He was, in some cases, his characters were called like Tubby or something like that. So yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. fact, the fact that he was overweight, you know, fat for lack of a PC term. I mean, that was sort of, but, but see Lou, Lou would use that to his advantage and that would draw sympathy to you. Whereas you know, sometimes Bud, his his character in the movie would set him up and take advantage of him. And so, and, and as you talk about in the annotated Abbott and Costello, Nick, it took a while for you to warm up to Bud. It was not until you became older and started to appreciate what he did, just how vital he was to the act. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. Bud is 
I agree with Groucho Marx. Bud was the greatest straight man in history, in the history of the business. Nobody was more proficient at doing those routines than Bud. But my my case against is the fact that yes, he was a, he was a fine actor. He was a, he could have been a, a fine supporting character actor, you know, if he didn't do uh, Abbott and Costello. But he wasn't a star comedian. Lou was a star comedian. Bud was the spotlight pointing at the star comedian. That was his job. His job was to give the comedian all of the sympathy, meaning being, Bud, Bud was one of the most popular straight men in burlesque, and not just with audiences, with uh, comedians, because he was the roughest. He pushed them around, he slapped them, he, he was rough, and the audience gave all the sympathy to the comic. The comic loved it. So Bud was very popular and very much in demand. Lou, uh, after failing in Hollywood um, the first time he went, uh, hitchhiking on his way back, he stops in St. Joe, Missouri, uh, and sees an ad for a burlesque comic. This is 1929. He's 23 years old. He'd never been in burlesque. He went in, auditioned, got the job, and that same year he was getting standout reviews. I mean, he was a natural. He had it from the beginning. And uh, one of the things I learned about Lou as I did my research and, and, and read about him more and more is the fact that he was one of the most confident people on the face of the earth. He, as a child, he was, uh, as a kid, he was the basketball free throw champion of New Jersey. I mean, okay, might not seem big, but he did it like three times in a row. Uh, takes a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. He was a boxer. Do you know what kind of confidence it takes to get into a ring in front of people and duke it out with another another man? It, it takes all the confidence in the world. And he was a good boxer. His, his record was pretty good. Um, and then uh, going to Hollywood, you know, and, and getting a job at MGM right away, not as a star or as an actor, but he was working at the studio. He got in. And then on his way back, like I said, his whole life changed with that audition. And uh, it, it just started everything. And with the best straight man in the business and one of the greatest comics of the 20th century, as far as I'm concerned, he had every gift. You had this powerhouse team in burlesque, which was considered a lower tier uh, entertainment. It was under vaudeville, which was pretty much dead by then anyway. But they, within two years, were nationally known. Burlesque comics. It's not done. It's just not done. Nick Santa Maria is the co-author, along with Matthew Coniam, of the annotated Abbott and Costello, a complete viewer's guide to the comedy team and their 38 films. Greg Airbar is with us. We hope you'll stay with us as we continue our deep dive into the world of Abbott and Costello here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain.
at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.